It's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Hope you had a great week out there and Boy, our Mets are playing good as they are rolling, rolling into the All-Star break. Now, there's three games left still. There's a doubleheader today and a single game against Pittsburgh tomorrow, weather permitting. And this this has been a disaster week for the Mets, but uh, they've managed to come through it. They, uh, they took two out of three against the Yankees. And uh, took two out of three against Milwaukee. Got rained out against Pittsburgh on Thursday. Beat Pittsburgh last night. Now they have three games left, doubleheaded today. Uh, Hopefully they can get a split at least. Take three out of four. Be nice to get all four. But they get three out of four against Pittsburgh. That'll be okay in my estimation. Uh, Brandon Nimmo returned to the lineup. Wasted no time by uh, going three for six, and he's been getting two, three hits every game since he's been back. Helped the Mets beat the Yankees in the game one of that uh, series. Uh, And then the Mets came back from a one-run deficit in the seventh inning, exploded for six runs to uh, take uh, the Saturday uh, or the Sunday game, the first game of the doubleheader, 10-5, to and then uh, lost the nightcap on ESPN uh, to the Yankees, but again, two out of three. Uh, Same thing happened against Milwaukee. They um, got rained out one day, took the first game, and then uh, in the doubleheader, they took the first game and got beat in the nightcap. Took the first game quite an amazing way. Uh, They were down in the ninth and uh, got a home run to tie it. Uh, Peraza, Jose Peraza hit that and uh, went on to win it with a Jeff McNeil single to bring it home at four to three. So uh, it's two out of three against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got one of the best records in the National League and also uh, leads their division. So Mets beat them two out of three in a division matchup. So uh, good job by the Mets this week. And as I said, they took the opener against the Pirates in a, in a laugher with uh, Lindor hitting a grand slammer. Alonzo hit a three-run homer. Villar hitting one from both sides of the plate, righty and lefty. So uh, Jonathan Villar back in the lineup. Struggled the first few days. And now starting to come around, getting his timing, and 
getting uh, getting his hits. So uh, he's been uh, playing a little bit better, and he's splitting some time. Not exactly a fifty fifty split, but Galorme started a couple games, and uh, he he continues to uh, hit and to produce and to play terrific defense. So uh, those are all things that we're going to keep an eye on in the second half. The break is almost here. They'll be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then come back with a three-game series against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. So seven games with Pittsburgh, four before the break, three afterwards. And these, it's it's not nice to say, but these are the teams the Mets have to beat. They have to beat second division teams, the bad teams. You, you pile up when you have a chance to beat them because then they go into their own division and, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of division games ahead and then they've even got a trip to the West Coast uh, in August. So um, you want to pile up the victories against these lesser teams. And that's not saying anything nasty about them. Look, Pittsburgh will be the first to tell you they are in a rebuilding mode, and uh, you know they're struggling, but they play tough. They do. I mean, uh, their pitcher last night. I, I know if you look at the score, it doesn't look good, but boy, he pitched five, five and a half good innings of really uh, tough. It was really a competitive game till the sixth when. The Mets blew it open, and uh, a lot of it was the Pittsburgh bullpen. Uh, I can't think of the lefty that came in, but uh, he couldn't get anybody out. He, he walked like, I don't know, three guys or something, hit a guy, and uh, it was just uh, it was just fun. <laughs> it was a laugher for the Mets, and you know what? After winning so many games, coming from behind, winning four to three or five to two or something, they needed a laugher. They needed one. Um, let's hope today they can continue. They save some offense and some runs for today's doubleheader and can go on. So as we record this, the Mets are forty-six and thirty-eight, four and a half games in front of the Atlanta Braves. And congratulations to Jacob DeGrom, who's been named the NL Pitcher of the Month, his second award of the season. Across five starts for the Mets in June, DeGrom went 3-0 with 40 strikeouts, just four walks, and a 0.67 ERA. He became the first Met to ever win the same award twice in one season. Both awards this season were the first two in his career, a shocking stat considering he's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Robert Stock was uh, called up, pitched pretty well, pitched four and two-thirds, uh, gave up a couple of runs, but really didn't look too bad. But they optioned him through AAA Syracuse so that they could keep right-handed Nick Tropiano on the roster as a relief option or potentially as their uh, as a starter if Jacob but DeGrom does not come back on short rest, and that that could be this Sunday, uh, tomorrow, uh, whether or not uh, DeGrom will pitch. They might throw him an inning, um, you know, maybe let him start the game, throw two innings, and then shut him down. But, um, 
you know, I have to see how that works out. The Mets have claimed right-hander Jeff Hartlieb off waivers from the Pirates. Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports. Pittsburgh designated the 27-year-old for assignment last weekend. Uh, he was a high prospect coming out of college where he was a starter, uh, but has struggled as of late. But it's a, another arm the Mets can use, and, and really part of that is to shore up uh, Syracuse, who has been, um, you know, the Mets got when the Mets get decimated by injuries, then Syracuse gets decimated by call-ups. So uh, that's why that move was probably made at this point to to bolster Syracuse. But, uh, you know, uh, we're going to do the injury report here, but we might be getting a lot of these guys are going to start to trickle back in the second half. And now with this uh, five days off, uh, or when the five-day offs occur, uh, let's hope they get by the next day and a half with two days without any injuries, and uh, when we move into the uh, the uh, break and guys start to come back, and, and this could be a formidable team. And then, of course, the trade deadline comes up July 30th, and there's rumors about that. But we'll talk about that in a second uh, after the these words baseball and bbq your place for interesting baseball talk opinions and history baseball and bbq your place for barbecue recipes tips and interviews from the world of barbecue if you like baseball and if you like barbecue then tune into baseball and bbq find us on itunes stitcher google play and baseballtalkradio.com Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Musings on Twitter at Mets Musings GM. The Instagram is Mets Musings and on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516-619-6341. Okay, and we're back. And uh, it's time to take a look at the injury report. Corey Oswalt has a right knee inflammation. Um, He had fluid drained from his knee on July 5th, a day after his most recent outing. He could factor into the Mets' plans after the break if he recovers quickly, uh, though whether he starts another game with the Pawnup depend upon multiple other factors. Sean Reed Foley has right elbow inflammation. He was placed on the 10-day IL retroactive to July the 1st with right elbow inflammation on July 4th prior to the team's doubleheader against the Yankees. In 12 games this season, he is 2-1 with 5.23 ERA. Um, So, uh, Sean Reed Foley on the DL. And in the corresponding move, the Mets recalled Yenzi Diaz from AAA 
Syracuse. No idea when Sean Reed Foley will be back. Uh, Nassau Synd- Look, listen to me. I'm losing my mind. Noah Syndergaard <laughs> recovering from Tommy John's surgery. Uh, was seen throwing a baseball in Yankee Stadium and been playing catch off flat ground for about a week. So uh, they are looking at a September first return for the uh, Syndergaard to make his appearance. So we could be getting close with uh, Thor as things go on. David Peterson has a right oblique stain, and uh, he could miss up to eight weeks. But, you know, it's one of those things that you have to wait and see. How quick does he heal? Does he heal? Is he a slow healer? Is he a start healer? Uh, he was original, originally placed on July. So that would take him uh, August, September, probably mid-September. We wouldn't see him until. Could be helpful down the stretch, though, so let's keep that in mind. Don't rule out any of these guys uh, unless, you know, it's something like we know, like Tommy John surgery, uh, something like that. Carlos Carrasco, he was throwing a full side on July 3rd prior to the team's game against the Yankees. His fastball velocity was similar to where it is in the midseason. Uh, his next step after throwing sides is to start getting ready for rehab. He is due to to today pitch a live batting practice and if that goes well they'll look to um start him on a rehab assignment probably next week sometime so if he throws today uh he could probably go sunday monday tuesday when maybe next maybe tuesday or wednesday he can do a rehab assignment and uh you know he uh, Luis Rojas said that he would not return before hitting the sixth inning mark in his rehab process. So he could be a couple more weeks, but we could see him, I would say, more like August uh, than late July, but you never know. Uh, J.D. Davis coming along. He is in a rehab assignment with Syracuse. He uh, went one for three the other night, played six innings at first base and singled to left in his final at-bat of the night. So he's coming along. He could be back after the break, which would be my guess. Um, Jordan Yamamoto, nothing really is coming around there. Uh, Gizelman on the 60-day list. He was shut down for six weeks due to a lot injury. We could see him in September. No idea with Tommy Hunter. Joey Lucchese and Dylan Bentances are out for the season. Lucchese is Tommy John surgery, and Bentances had shoulder surgery. So they are gone. That's what I meant earlier. Those are the guys we know we won't see the rest of this year. But we could see Carrasco in a couple of weeks, which is would be a big boost to the pitching uh, starting rotation as long as nobody else gets hurt in between. Um we could see uh, J.D. Davis back at the uh, uh, spring, at the end of the break. He could be coming up 
And uh, though, to be honest with you, Guillaume and, and Valar have played so well at third. I know Davis is going to want to play, and you put him in there, but um, I guess you'll have to play him. Um, especially if you want to use him as trade bait, you got to show that he's healed and he can, you know, hasn't lost the hitting uh, stroke. But uh, it, that's a tough call with those guys playing so well there. You know, uh, yes, you want his offense, but you're going to give up the offense that you're getting. So uh, I could see more of a uh, maybe a platoon of some sort with Valor and. Uh, Davis, but we'll see what happens when he gets back. That's all you can expect, you know. So, um, and then, of course, his name has come up in trade talks. Trade deadline is July 30th. So lots of guys' names coming up. Uh, one name comes up particularly a lot is Zapuki. And uh, one deal, this was suggested by Jim Duquette, as the Cubs have decided to be sellers, and the Mets have been trying to get Chris Bryant. If you remember, there was an effort before the season started, and uh, perhaps they'll continue that effort now. Um, And Jim Duquette uh, suggested uh, Zapucky and... um, Garston. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember. And another prospect for Chris Bryant. Now, what he suggested, I, I'm not sure it would get it done. The only reason it might work is uh, because of the fact that... Um, Chris Bryant is a free agent, so he's essentially a rental for the Mets, unless, of course, they can sign him. And I'm sure that they would do everything in their power to sign him. Chris Bryant is having a bounce-back year. He's uh, cooled off a little from the red-hot start that he had. But still, he... uh, he is pitching. He is playing well. He's hitting pretty well. Had a three-run double, I think, last night. So he's coming through, and he's played five, I think, five positions this year so far. So he's versatile enough. Uh, but I, I think if he were to come to the Mets, the Mets' best choice would be to leave him in at third base and try to figure something else out. Um, look, you could always try to move Alonzo and move Smith the third and have him play left, have Bryant and left. Um, but, I, I, you know, there's a lot of configurations that would go into it, and it doesn't necessarily make them a better team. I cannot find that post right now. Um, boy, I wish I could remember it. Uh, but it was Zapucky. And uh, I think it's going to take more. I think it's going to take probably Zapucky, uh, probably J.D. Davis. 
I would even say Maurizio. And look, I know, I know. I'm not a big fan of trading your top draft picks or your top prospects. However, in this case, in this case, you just signed Lindor to a 10-year contract. There is really going to be no place for Mauricio to play other than he's a big kid. So they're either going to move him to the outfield or they're going to move him to third base. So if you're going to do that, if you can get a guy like Chris Bryant and throw a Maurizio in, I, I, I think you do it. I, I think you make the deal if that's what it's going to take. Now, again, it may not take uh, that big a deal because of... Uh, You know, um, because he is a rental, you may not have to give up as much, but I don't know. Chris Bryant's a good player, and he's a big game, and I I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take more than that. And don't forget the uh, the Cubbies have uh, Craig Gimbrel. I could see a big blockbuster going on here between the Mets and uh, the Cubbies, which would be fascinating. You know, we don't see a lot of these old-fashioned uh, blockbusters anymore, but I could see a big one. Kyle Hendricks might be available also as a starter. So I don't know what the heck you'd have to give up to get. You'd have to give up uh, maybe Vientos, Maurizio. You might have to give up Alvarez to get those three guys, to get Bryant and um, Kimbrell and uh, Hendricks. But uh, wouldn't that be, that would be some deal. Wow. That would be a great deal to make. That would be just awesome. Make a big blockbuster deal like that, you know. So, uh, but we'll see what happens as uh, as we get closer to the trading deadline, July the thirtieth. Lots of rumors and lots of more rumors to come. All right, let's take a break and be back after this. 516-619-6341. That is our voicemail comment hotline. If you have a question, want to leave a comment, make a statement, anything at all, that's the number to call. 516-619-6341. Or go to our website, metsmusings.com. Click on the widget in the middle of the screen. That's a speak pipe. And you click the record button and you can record right through your computer's microphone. Or you can send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, it's Facebook is facebook.com slash metsmusings. Twitter is at Mets Musings GM. 
Instagram is Mets Musings, and YouTube is Mets Musings Mac. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. Okay, we're back, and now it's time to go down on the farm. <coughs> and on the farm this week, uh, Mark Vientos continues to hit uh, his hot hitting. He continues, and he's been playing a lot of left field lately. Very interesting that the Mets uh, and the Syracuse team has decided to try him out in left field. Hmm... Justin Lasco has been one of the most reliable starters in the Cyclones rotation. This week, the 24-year-old threw six scoreless innings, only allowing four hits and striking out five. Brooklyn's home run leader, Luke Ritter, padded his total against the Ironbirds this week while boosting his average by a good margin in the process. In the five games he played in, Ritter slashed 438, slash 471, slash 688 with an OPS of 1.158 and five RBIs. The 22-year-old J.T. Ginn, who we've talked about a couple of times here, went out this week and pitched one of the best games in his short minor league baseball career. In five and two-thirds innings of work, Ginn only allowed two runs on four hits, striking out four batters in the process. So, uh, you know, J.T. Ginn, Ginn, is uh, starting to come around now that he finally, finally gets to pitch in, in uh, the minors. And that's just a quick report on some of the top prospects in the Mets system and how they're doing. Uh, as far as the farm teams are going, they all continue to struggle. Uh, it's been a, not a great first half for the uh, the farm system as Syracuse is uh, 17 and 39 and they're 20 games back in last place in their division the triple a uh, Binghamton double a the Binghamton rumble ponies 21 and 35 they're 15 and a half game back in fifth place of their division. The Brooklyn Cyclones are uh, the high a Mets affiliate. And they are 18 and 37, 18 and a half games back and in last place. And the bright spot in the Mets farm system right now is the St. Lucie Mets, who are 30 and 28, and they are three games up in first place in their division. So uh, kudos to the. Uh, St. Lucie Mets for uh, having a winning record and holding first place. MLB draft is this week coming up, the 11th to the 13th, and the Mets are picking 10th, I believe, in the first round. And in uh, the MLB mock draft, they have the Mets picking an outfielder, Sal Freelich, and an outfielder from Boston College. So, don't know much about Mr. Freelick, uh, but uh, that's what the mock draft has. It's three outfielders, all college kids that uh, have been rotating, you might say, at that Mets pick. Uh, 
you know, I saw another mock draft that had uh, another kid called Carlson, I think his name was, uh, as the pick. Uh, this one has Freelick. Um, so it, it looks like the Mets are looking in that direction for an outfielder in uh, the um, the first round of the MLB draft. So, uh, but that'll be Monday. We'll keep an eye on that and uh, report back to you next week. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank you for listening and watching. And don't forget that uh, it helps to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. Yes, we do an audio, and we also do a video on YouTube. And last week, I have to apologize, we had a slight error with the um, with the breaks, there was dead dead air time, and as I look at my uh, software, we're having the same problem this week. But we'll correct that in post production, so you will uh, hear all the excitement. Uh, but I want to apologize for that. Well, I remember about it, so uh, I will do that. And if you will, on your part, hit the subscribe button. Uh, it helps me grow the community and expand to new listeners. And we want to increase our audience. You never want to decrease. You want to increase. And uh, so that's what we want to do. So remember until the next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.